the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Football fans, welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast, the home of P6 football at SB Nation's Underdog Dynasty. This is what we call Joe Talk, and that is me, Joe Serpico. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Serp. On the other line is my man, Joe Broback. You follow him at Joe Broback. What's up, dude? Things are getting wild in the AAC. Yes, it is. It, um, it was depressing to watch my album mater last week. Good God. Yeah. Uh, we will get into them in just a little bit. But I guess to just give a quick rundown of what we're going to do here, we're going to talk what happened this past week. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of our over-unders. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, NCAA's ruling, or whatever you want to call it, uh, finally getting uh, with the times, and then we'll end it with uh, previewing Week 10, Joe. We're in double digits now. Week 10, sad day. Oh, it's unreal. But all right, yeah, like I said, let's recap last week. Um, I think it was a little bit funny how you worded it before we started, is uh, how all... Oh, SMU and Memphis almost blew their opportunity of hosting college game day this week. They both survived scares, especially Memphis. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I literally was like, oh, well, there goes game day, and then he missed basically a chip shot field goal, they being Tulsa. Yeah, and it's tough for being if you're Philip Montgomery because – You've now well, I tweeted this out. He he's lost twenty seven games as Tulsa's head coach, and thirteen of those losses have come by single digits. And I don't know if you could, you'd be hard pressed to find another loss that's as gut wrenching as that one was. Yeah, that that one hurt. I mean, just because it had a lot of implications. You know, obviously it's not just game day. I mean, obviously that's cool that uh, Memphis is going to get to host that for the first time. You know, but. Just inside of the conference, you know, you you have this matchup now of two ranked teams in the American. I tried to find that stat, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I was trying to figure out the number of times there's actually been two ranked teams in the American go against each other. I I can't imagine there's been that many for for a league that is relatively new. Yeah, probably not. I bet, well, so like UCF and Cincinnati is probably the biggest one that comes to mind. Was probably. Cincinnati ranked at that point? I thought yeah, they like, were. They might have been like 25, yeah, like just right in there. And then UCF two two years ago, UCF Memphis. I want to say that was, well, maybe not. Yeah, See, I, don't thing, know. I don't know. I don't know if Memphis was ranked. Maybe, And then, you know, the inaugural years, I can't, I don't know. Barely well, remember what and, I did yesterday. Don't remember what happened five years ago. Right, two years ago was like the first time that UCF got any love in the rankings, and I think now that they've paved the way for other uh, other teams that are doing well, you know, like the Cincinnati's and Memphis of the of the conference, that you're seeing more teams that are ranked. So we'll probably have more as the years go on, but. There probably haven't been too many in the past. I mean, obviously, we're struggling to think of who would be. Like, you think of the conference championship games are probably the best examples, but I don't think, besides maybe that two years ago, the Memphis UCF game, if that's probably the only one that I can think of. 
I kind of want to touch on, so you mentioned the uh, UCF and how it kind of elevated the G5 a little bit. It's kind of crazy how many G5 teams are ranked right now. I'm just going to go, that's one, two, three, four, five, six in the top 25 in the AP poll. Well, it also helps that there are 80 teams in the at the FBS level that have a record between 5-3 and 3-5. Three and three and so I think that helps because there's less teams competing for those 15 through 25 spots. And it's crazy to me, and I guess we can kind of, I don't know, we're flopping all over the place, but it's, uh, it's crazy to me that UCF has just been completely been forgotten about. I mean, I, they made a statement against Temple, but it's just kind of crazy that, you know, just two losses against, you know, let's not act like, Cincinnati and um, Pitt are god-awful. I mean, it's not like they're losing to uh, freaking San Jose State or anything like that. But, or, excuse me, UCF is clearly, clearly one of the best G5 teams in the country still. And I think doing it against Temple and the way they did it against Temple, too, I think that just really proves that, you know, they were kind of off for a couple of weeks too so they, they almost seem forgotten I guess I want to say yeah and we you'd be you'd be naive to think that UCF was going to win every game every single year or finish the regular season undefeated every single year but uh, you know I know there weren't many people that thought that they'd lose two games this year especially this early in the season but now we see that there's still the UCF that we we knew it's just you know they had a rough patch, and they're you know sh- shocker. They're they have kids that are human. They're not just like they're not uh you know they're not all robots that just continue playing at a high level like they have games where they don't play well. And so it's uh it was it was honestly it felt like we've been missing that for a long time, and it was good to see them get back to that level i'm sure you weren't too thrilled about it but i was gonna say no it wasn't well the thing was it's it wasn't like they dominated the entire game like temple was in that game for probably a half and then Mm. you know 35 unanswered points to end the game was probably disappointing for owls fans yeah and it was i mean to watch it so you know temple tough is basically talking about running the ball and playing defense, and there was zero of both this week. And it was just big play after big play after big play. I mean, it was just, it was hard to watch. It's because it's, you're not used to seeing this for Temple. I mean, we talk about it all the time that, you know, some of these defenses in the conference are a little bit uh, loose, but Temple's usually not one of them. And the way UCF just worked them in that. I don't know what Josh Heupel said at halftime, but whatever it said, it worked. Because they came out slinging. I mean, Otis Anderson, 205 yards. I mean, he was. It was. We insane. haven't seen him for a while, too. It I feels mean, like was, it's been forever. So he was forced in the action. So I'm curious to see how that goes heading into this week. I mean, I mean, even they have the other guy, uh, Bentavious uh, Thompson, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a bruiser. Mm-hmm. So they they're more than 
well-equipped at running back at UCF, that's for sure. Well, even Adrian Killens had a nice run, too. It was it was nice to see him get back on to, on track and just to see that, well, Otis Anderson, that was his first game over 100 yards this season, and that's yeah, not goes, something we're accustomed to watching. And then he pops off for 205 out of nowhere. Right. And that's, that's just like, it's just another, it's another reminder that, you know, they have so many weapons that even though they didn't have Greg McRae and, you know, Adrian Killens and Anderson have been struggling, they're still able to produce explosive games and, and a game which Dylan Gabriel only threw for 218 yards, which we can talk about him quick. He, he's he's going to be really good the next few years. Yes, he is. And it's honestly kind of like it, it's a little bit disappointing that either he or Mackenzie Milton aren't going to play next year. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. Which is God, you know, who knows where Milton is in his, you know, recovery? But you know, you got a you got a quarterback battle next year with two guys that are different styles of play, and it feels like Keupel's system is more is better equipped for Gabriel's skill set. But Mackenzie Milton's just such a special player, and he has intangibles that you you like as well and gabriel's a freshman so you would think that milton would have the upper hand but obviously we don't know where he is in his recovery and if he can run hypo's system when he gets back i've got the perfect solution milton transfers to nebraska and saves scott frost yeah except for they have adrian martinez and i'm pretty sure they're not going to give up on adrian martinez to let a ucf transfer in what year is he He's a sophomore. Really? That's it? I'm pretty sure like he's a sophomore. I feel like he's been there forever. Yeah, no, last year he was a freshman. So, yeah, he's. I'm pretty sure he's a sophomore. Let me let me double check. Yeah, he's a soft. So he's got two more years. I for real thought he was like a junior or a senior. Nah. And I, I mean, it's a... It's well, a, then no. In that case, no. So that's not an option. No, I would say he'd he'd be better off going to Houston USF. before he get. Well, no, even Deer King's. Well, if Deer King doesn't come back, if he no, goes really, somewhere no, else, then we're really going all over the place, right? Where else can he go? He can go to UConn. Oh wait, they're gonna be a. Never mind. Yeah, they won't even have a team soon. He could go to. I don't know where. Where's the place that would fit his skill set the best? He could, it all go, depends he could on, go to Oregon. Touche. It all depends on, because one, it depends on coaching changes, because we don't know if any of that. And then now the transfer portal is, you know, it's like basically free agency. So, yeah, that will be interesting to see, because Dylan Gabriel has definitely shown to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was just gut-wrenching to watch Temple get lit up like that. Honestly, I'm just mad that I can't play with some of these guys in NCAA. Could you imagine uh, playing with Gabriel or Mackenzie Milton right now? Do you know who we did? You know, so like uh, I wrote the article, uh, I guess before the season started, of the AAC guys we didn't get to play with, but like they made you also think of like we never got to play with Lamar Jackson, dude. He would have been a cheat code. Oh like, yeah, like for like, sure, like, like Mike Vick back in the day on Madden. Like yeah, he would have just been oh. absurd. 
You give me you give and me Oliver. Weevil, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's uh at all yeah, at Oliver, that's another guy. Just yeah. yeah. I guess that we can dive into that. We you know, kind of alluded to it because it looks like maybe let's emphasize maybe because this doesn't really change anything whatsoever. But the NCAA has this unanimous decision that they come up with that they are going to let players, uh, you know, make money off their name and likeness and whatnot. Um, basically, you know, all these states kind of push this decision to come along because they had to do something before you know, some of these laws are coming into effect. But I heard Jay Billis talk about it saying that he believes that this is basically just a stall tactic to stop some of these um, laws from passing or whatnot. So I guess, I don't know, where do you think this goes from here? This. Well, I saw a tweet from Mark Emmert, or it was a quote for from Emmert, is that his name, the guy who runs the NCAA, how he said that player or college athletes benefiting from their image and likeness was like the worst thing for college athletics and then this comes out like a month or two later I don't be- I don't believe it just because it's the NCAA has been so far on one side of that issue like they have been no this is not happening it, like it's never going to happen and then all of a sudden it's oh yeah we'll we'll allow it like that's it's really suspicious because when I got the notification I was like are, really are you serious I was stunned too it, it, yeah it's that's like I mean I know that's you know breaking news like that can be very shocking but given their stance for forever to have it like a change of heart is just very I question it right away well because I'm not sure. It obviously doesn't kick in right away. Um, but like I kind of said before, they do have to do something or come up with a universal plan. Because right now, you know, if every state is literally just doing whatever they want, you know, some are going to have, you know, we've talked about this already. Some are going to have a, an advantage over others. So NCAA, uh, they had to get out in front of this. I think they, you know, they knew that this this was coming it, it, it just makes too much sense i mean we've talked this a gazillion times at this point well do you think they know it's kind of the beginning of the end what do you mean as the end well like the end of kids not being able to get paid and what like their control over that idea of an amateur well see see the thing that i personally i don't know how you feel about it but I personally think that what the NCAA is trying to do now, it makes 100% sense just in the fact that you know, and I, uh, they kind of said it in some of the uh, athletic directors and whatnot that are out there. just said basically that you know any other college kid can make money off of what they do. So, what, you know, why not uh, an athlete? And, yeah, obviously, you know, with boosters and, uh, and all these things and – Commercials, you know, it can get a little bit dicey. You know, obviously, it can be a lot of money thrown around. But who cares? It's being done anyways. Yeah, I just don't understand why people are so obsessed with a college kid making more money. 
Like, if you have a talent, I don't care what, like, it, like I don't right. care what age you are. Like, if you have a talent and people will pay for that talent, like, they will pay you money, why is that a bad thing? I like, they're playing a game. Agree. It's not like they're doing things illegally. I mean, you got, look, look at some of these, all right, just to go completely, look at some of these, like, Instagram models and Instagram trainers and things like that. You know, there a lot of them are around. I would say in that college age, and they're allowed to do whatever they want to make money. So what's you know what's stopping? Let's say, you know, in that case a couple of years ago, I, I believe it was the UCF kicker who was yeah. ruled ineligible just because of that YouTube. I mean, that's you know what I mean. So like, why is he not allowed to do that? That you know so. It's one of those, like, we've always done it this way, so that's how we're going to keep doing it, and it just, like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's no, there's literally no good reason for kids not to be able to make that that kind of money that other students are allowed to. The only difference is that these students play a sport, and the other ones don't. Like, that, how does that make any sense? How are you no. looking for the best, out for the best interest for the kid if you're taking away potential financial compensation for what they do what's wrong what's wrong with that especially some of these kids that like come from nothing like why are you preventing them from making money they can't work a job and i don't want to time in a day right and i i'm honestly i i think it's just so naive and dumb for people to say oh well isn't there scholarship enough it's like no, well, people don't no. understand their schedules. Right. Well, yeah, it's like you can't make any. You're not making any money, so yeah, your your scholarship pays for all of your school. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's a single player that takes that for granted. They're not like you know they they do understand what that means, but after that, like that's that's it. They got to eat, you know that, right? Right. They got it, other things to pay for. We so all went to college. Like there's things you things happen. You need money every now and then, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then there's that one that's senator or whatever that said he's gonna he's gonna uh, propose a bill that that would tax uh, athletes for their scholarships. It's like, dude, you there's literally nothing else for you to do. I didn't see that. That's there ridiculous. are no other world problems that you could go solve. Nope, let's make sure that the kids don't get enough money. Like what? Get a life. Just athletes or everyone? No, he said athletes. That which one? I'm like, okay. First of all, stupid idea. But if you're gonna do that, then you better start. Are you gonna you're, start taxing to to everybody? Yeah. yeah, and it's like that's fine. That's why it's called financial aid. It's not yeah. like you're. Yeah, it was just like, dude, you sound so so dumb right now. Just stop. The main point here is, though, EA Sports, we're waiting for you. Yes. Give us our video game back. I want to go back, and I want to be able to play with Derek King, and I will score 100 points on anybody. I don't care who it is. Get it together, EA Sports. I guess at this point, what is stopping them? I guess NCAA needs to... Let us know what really this ruling is, because to me it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Really, like I don't, it doesn't do anything yet. Well, and the it's other just thing talk. is, yeah, exactly. And with that, 
I really hope that EA Sports has been working on a game. Because, like, can that, they get in trouble kinda... for just working on a game if they don't produce it? Like, no, they can't. I mean, all they have to really do, if you think about it, they have the Madden stuff, they just put the teams in. Right, and they've literally been waiting for, what, five years for us to come back? Like, they yeah, should have some, been a team... That long? It seems like it's been so much longer. Right. It's like, you should be... They should be ready, so as soon as they can do it, they should literally say, the game is coming out. And what, however long it takes logistically to get those games to your... You know, to Amazon, to GameStop, whatever, like, they literally should be waiting for the NCAA to, to give them the go-ahead. Preach. I'm with you 100%. I've been dying to play that game. I can get rid of Madden. Forget. Yeah, I thought about getting Madden, and then I realized that I don't like Madden. Yeah, same. I got it, not this year, but last year, just because I hadn't gotten it in a couple of years. I was like, all right, let me give it a shot. Then I was like, I probably played it like 20 times, literally, if that. Right? And honestly, I don't even care if EA Sports produces it or if it's like a 2K version of college football. Like, I don't really care. Yeah, just give I just want there. a college football. I want to bring UConn to a national championship. Ooh. Let's be yeah. honest. If you're play, okay, if you're playing NCAA 14, you can bring literally anyone to a national championship. Of that game is literally impossible to not do well. That's what like, I would do with Temple in that game. Temple exactly, is pretty bad in that game. Exactly. It, they are really bad in that game. If you have the just the 14 rosters, yeah, it's, it's not good. All right, speaking of games, let's play our game, which is over-unders. How much am I beating you by this time, Joe? Uh, let's see here. So you're at... Plus 351, I'm at negative 373, so you're only really up by what? What is that, math? 22? Hmm. We had rough weeks. All right, who's first this week? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, me neither. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. It doesn't. You want to go? I'll give you mine first. All right, hit me. All right. So, we alluded to it earlier, the uh, Memphis-SMU game. I'm expecting a lot of points. I don't know what the uh, what it's projected to be, but I would assume that... The over-under? Give me a second, I will find it for you. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'll tell you. I was, I was going to say, it would. I would assume it's at least 60-something. So I want to give. I want you to give me the number of points they're going to score in that game. SMU and Memphis combined. Correct. Combined points. Okay. So I'm looking up where it is. Where's Memphis? Memphis. No, no. Mm. Memphis. It's seventy-one and a half. Jeez. So that's kind of what I was expecting, to be honest. So. I mean, Memphis and Tulsa was just... They just scored, what, 83? Yeah, so give me... Give me seven, 75. 75. Going with the over. All right. UCF. Are they at home this week? They go to uh, They're yeah. at home against Houston. They just scored 63 points on your Temple Owls. 
I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry you have that to rub it in, huh? I'm sorry that your team woke up the most dangerous offense in the conference, and Houston's defense is definitely not even close to as good as Temple. So we'll give you an easier number. How many touchdowns is UCF going to score against Houston's defense? What do you mean touchdowns? All right, first number that came to mind. When you were going to ask me points, I was going to say 56. So what is that, number eight? If my math is correct. If your math is correct, which it is, obviously. All right, speaking of big games, holy Kevin Mensa. I can't believe we went this far without talking about his five touchdowns. What, the toilet bowl game? Yeah, dude. I didn't even know that. I mean, I saw the score. That was good for UConn. That's honestly, it. honestly, though, like with how bad UConn is, Kevin Mensa is actually fun to watch. I, I mean, he's always like when I look at the statistical numbers, he's always up there, at least in rushing. Yeah, I'm he's like, easily the most consistent player on that team. I mean, he's, they probably literally give it to him forty-five times a game. You know what's sad is I have a fantasy team where we pick a lineup every week, and I legit thought maybe I should pick Kevin Mensa against UMass, but I was like, no, it's UConn. I'm not going to bank on a UConn guy doing any good, even though Mensa's solid. But, dude, 160 what was 164 and five touchdowns, unreal. So after that, I want you to give me the number of rushing yards he's going to have this week. I believe they play Navy. God, you and I really do think too much alike. Dude, I'm, yep. Number of rushing yards he's going to have against Navy. Correct. Give me 125. 125. All right. And then the last one, Malcolm Perry's on a tear. He gets to play a really bad UConn defense. So I want you to give me his rushing yards in that game. I feel like he's just going to have a monster game against this Huskies defense. 289. Two, holy cow, dude. I like it. That is so aggressive. He's going to go ballistic. I can't believe I'm on the Navy wagon now. They ruined it already. They already ruined everything I said about them, so let's go with it. Wow. All right. 289. Good for you. I mean, he's doing well. Okay. I won't say that, but he gets most of the yards on that team. That is true. That All is right. very true. All right. So I mixed it up. I have a little bit of every game. So let's get started with. All right. We, we talked about it. Uh, Houston's defense isn't that good. UCF just had a crazy week, but kind of a down week for Gabe Davis. So tell me the number of receptions for him this week against Houston. Uh, 11, just because. All right. I don't know, it depends on who's covering him. Demarion Williams is having a good year, so I feel like he's going to cover him, but... Also, I thought he was going to cover James Prochet last week, and they SMU just moved him into the slot or the opposite side. So if Davis plays against the other side of Williams, he'll just have a hell of a great game. But I'm going to say 11. Aggressive. I don't like it. He's, I was looking at his numbers. They're so 
up and down. Like he has monster games. Well, he always puts up numbers, but like he always has like a like last week he only had three catches. Like then again, everybody on UCF scored last week. <laughs> That's true. All right, the next one that I have. <clears throat> you talked about that Navy versus UConn game. So my question for you is. Give me the number of players that record a carry for Navy versus UConn. For Navy. Uh, well, we know Perry's going to get him. The fullback is going to get him. I'm going to go with my original thought of five. Yeah. I feel like that's a low number. I feel like every time I look at their box score it's like nine guys with a carry yeah i don't know oh uh, you know what now i think about it they're playing yukon and yeah that's why part of the reason why i asked like we might see multiple quarterbacks i, did, I forgot about that um let's go eight just because yeah i feel like that's gonna be a higher number i feel like eight still too low but oh well yeah it might be all right we're gonna talk about this game in a minute a little bit more but you said it earlier, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Two quarterbacks, probably, well, I think right now Shane Michelle is running away with the uh, player of the year honors. But give me the total number of pass attempts when SMU and Memphis get together this week. Pass attempts, holy cow. I don't even know what each of them is, like, averaging a game. Yeah, me neither. Dude, you why you're just you're kind of mean today. Making me do work. I came up with these on the fly. I know that's mostly what I do too. <laughs> Honestly, I think of them like right before we record. I was literally just looking at the list of the games. I don't like. Let me think of something for every game. Shane Michelle, he has 288. Holy lord, that is a lot. All right, let's take a little peek here. Uh, I feel like you're overthinking this. Probably. Well, I just don't. I didn't know how many they get. I'm just trying to get in a ballpark of what they're getting. So, um, I'm gonna go with 55. What? Between the two of them? Pass attempts? Yeah. They might both throw 55 times. No. They won't. Brady White's not hasn't thrown more than thirty one <laughs> times this year because Kenneth Gain was a monster. Touche. And Bouchelle ha- I mean, if anybody's gonna throw fifty five passes, it's Bouchelle. So fine, I'll go sixty then. But Bouchelle hey, has do Xavier you, Jones. Man, I feel like I changed your number twice now in this. That's f- you know what? Whatever. I don't even care. Do you. I'm losing whatever. So what's the number? 60. All right. 60 it is. And then last one. Your preseason team, those ECU Pirates. Oh, yeah. They're looking great. God, they suck. Yeah, they look out awful. I mean, they're 3-5. and five. That's I mean, it's not it's not great. I'm not going to try to convince you of that, but they're 3-5. and five. It could yeah, be worse. The, the record definitely makes it look a lot better than they actually are. <laughs> that is also true. Um, so, 
And this week they got a tough task with uh, a ranked Cincinnati team who is coming off a bye as well. So how many yards does ECU put up against that Cincinnati defense? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to go with, oh, boy, this is brutal. What did Temple just put up against UCF? They put up, like, 260 or something like that? It was not pretty. I don't remember the exact total. Let's go with that. I'm going to go with 260. That sounds like a fun number. 260. 260. Against Cincy defense. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, there's over-unders. We wrapped that up. Let's get into week 10. Only five games this week. We got one Friday night and then four Saturday games with the lead-up to that SMU-Memphis game that's at game day. But let's start with that Friday game that we kind of just talked about a little bit. That's Navy. That's 6-1. Take it on UConn if you want to watch. That's that's got to be a boring game, man. Um, Navy's a 27-point favorite. You think they cover? A 27-point favorite. Yeah, with, <laughs> I'm going to stop doubting Navy and just say yeah, because every time I think that something's going to happen with them, it, it doesn't. So I'm going to say yeah, they cover. And if you think that Malcolm Perry's rushing for 289 yards, I'm expecting an his touchdowns to be four or five so sure yep. we'll go with that I'm with you if you want to watch 8pm start on ESPN too that's all we need to talk about that game <laughs> is that a Friday yeah it's a Friday yeah I'm busy yeah <laughs> let's be yeah. honest though if if we're super bored we're totally turning that game on that oh, is yeah, not right. like an unwatchable game I mean, it's an 8 p.m. start, so maybe I'll be watching, like, come... Well, I guess I'm not turning it on around 10 o'clock, because that game will already be over, technically. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably the same thing if you want to watch the next AAC game, too, the one that's at noon on Saturday. That is also on ESPN, too. And that is Houston at 3-5, and taking on UCF. Like we've been talking about, uh, sleeping giant has been reawakened, or whatever the hell the word is. Twenty-two point favorite. Interesting number. I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know what to make of that. I guess I'll ask you. You are our Houston guy. I am. Is UCF just going to run them out the door? Well, that probably has a it's a combination of UCF's previous three weeks. Granted, yeah, they put up sixty three points, but I think the line is has more to do with how they played, you know, overall over the past in the past month, I should say. And I think they're also overreacting to Houston keeping it close with SMU because it was a Thursday night game, and Houston had. I think Houston had a week and a half to prepare for SMU. So it wasn't like they were on a short schedule. And I'm pretty sure, never mind, they did have a short week. 
and uh, SM, well, SMU. You know, I feel bad for Tulsa. They just had two games in a row where they almost beat SMU and Memphis, and they just fell short. So SMU is coming off that you know emotional win. Then they play uh, Temple. They get a big win, and then they have a letdown. But I think it has more to do with the fact that. Uh, Houston kept it close with SMU. I don't think they're going to keep it close with UCF, especially after what we saw last week. So twenty-two points, yes. I would I would say UCF covers, unless. And I'm and I'm an optimist for Houston. I see like the long term progress that they're making. So they're probably due for a surprise game, but that could have been last week. I don't know if they're due for a surprise upset, but. I would, if I'm a betting man, I'm taking UCF to cover. Definitely no upset. No, no, no. No. Definitely. I'd be very. You and I would have to talk the entire episode about how we don't know anything about this conference if that happens. I agree with that. All right, let's talk about the two, I guess, two teams that are out of it in the wild, wild AAC West. That being. Tulsa two and six. They're going on the road to take on Tulane, who is five and three. That game's at four PM again on ESPN two. Green Wave are a ten and a half point favorite. This, you said it, Tulsa has kept all these games close this year. They're probably well, due for an upset. I was just gonna kinda go there. Yeah, this might be the one finally. And Tulane, after, you know, they got off to that that red-hot start, but it seems like they're kind of uh, fading a little bit lately. Well, and it seems like they're, they're that great, the, the two plays at Houston showed that they weren't as good as we thought. They just happened to put together two insane plays. So the weird thing, though, is that... At the beginning of the year, we were talking about Tulane, and it's funny because last year we were talking about Tulane being a dark horse, and if they don't win this week, they they play Temple, UCF, and SMU to end the season. So it's not like they're guaranteed to get into a bowl game if they lose this week. And these two, when they get together, it's never easy. Like mm-hmm. Tulane, I, I believe Tulane's been the, probably the favorite the past couple of years, and Tulsa just seems to knock them off. I believe they knocked them out of the bowl game a couple of years ago. Am I right about that? Um, Tulane. Wait, Tulsa. Tulsa knocked out Tulane. Maybe. I might be wrong about that. Well, I know SMU. Who it knocked was, out oh, Tulane? Was, um, Jonathan Banks came up like a foot short against SMU two years ago. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, so Tulane, ten and a half point favorite. But this, like you said, this is a game where, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Tulsa pulled off the upset here. Now let's quickly go through number seventeen, Cincinnati, at six and one. They will take on ECU, who's three and five. That game is at seven o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Bearcats are a twenty-four point favorite. I feel like that number's high. Yeah, especially with because 
they they don't Cincinnati, score at a quick rate. Exactly. Like Cincinnati's I mean, they've had some games this year where they've put up some big numbers, but they're they're not consistent like that. Like they're more of your grinded out kind of team. I do think ECU is gonna score a few points here, even though they've been pretty lousy all season long. Right. Uh we uh this is one game that I do have circled for uh underdogs against the spread this week. Mm-hmm. Might have, I might just take all five of these games. Well, and the, well, so since Cincinnati is in a great spot because UCF beat Temple, and the only time it gets weird is if Cincinnati, was, yeah. yeah, Cincinnati's play. Even though, even if they lose to Temple, though, that's only one loss in the conference, and they'd have the tiebreaker over UCF. So they they essentially for things to get interesting they have to lose twice. You are correct. Math would tell me that. And it's not happening this week. And it's not happening next week or the week after that either. When they play UConn and USF. Maybe USF will give us a shocker one of these weeks. Who knows? Maybe. We are due for kind of a When's the last weird upset that we had this year we haven't really had one They've besides kind of buffalo over temple uh, well interconference like every year we have that interconference well i agree yeah, with that U- don't get me UConn wrong hasn't beaten anybody ecu hasn't beaten anybody well that whatever we're not talking about those but like yeah. give me more of like like a tulsa that we didn't really see come. i guess at this point if tulsa was the beat memphis last week i guess there's really that would have been it yeah because I don't, I'm not sure who else is on Tulsa's schedule the rest of the way. I mean, if if they were to play UCF, I'm not sure if they do. But if they just beat them, like that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, it's really been not that it's been it's been super chalky, but it's been it's definitely been chalky for the most part. Let's say I mean, they play Tulane. You could argue UCF, that Cincinnati Houston, win yeah. is the only real upset. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we know the conference, so we know that like that game, you can kind of almost see that coming. But at the same time, like it's that's still the surprising. Only up- oh yeah, don't get me wrong, it was still surprising. But like, you know, they're two of the better teams in the conference, so like, it's an upset just based off of what uh, history was behind UCF. Mm-hmm. But it's not, let's say, UConn or ECU pulling off a shocker. Yeah, I mean, for crying out loud, U- UConn might go out of the AAC with three straight years of not winning a conference game. Actually, the number might be more than that by the end of the season if they don't somehow pull one off. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? That's why it's almost like a good riddance. Yep. And then, all right, let's wrap it up with the game of the The week. The big one. The one that almost did not happen. Could you imagine that say where they were like, yeah, let's make it official that we're going there, and then both teams. Well, I guess SMU they played on Thursday night, but Memphis like literally almost blew it. I bet you they would have gone to Georgia, Florida. Uh, you think? No, to be honest, I'm a little surprised or not. But well, let me ask you this quick. This is unrelated to AAC football, but next week, so. Alabama and LSU is next week. That's number one and number two undefeated teams. And then Minnesota-Penn State, 
is next week as well, both undefeated. Where do you think they should go? Uh, come on now, are you kidding? Where do you think they that okay, where we both know where they will go, but where should they go? You're gonna, go you gonna go to Alabama LSU where you go every single year. The only difference is oh, they're number one and number two. Alabama's yeah. been number one every single year, and LSU's been ranked most of those years too. Why is it any different? It's really not like and it's game day. I would understand if you're like debating it if you should put it on the air, like that which is not a debate they'd have, but it's like it's game day. The atmosphere at Minnesota would be so much better than it would be in Tuscaloosa. There'd be more fans there. It's not even a question. Wait, is it in Tuscaloosa this year? Or isn't it? It doesn't matter. Either way. Like, look at, if you look, if you, I would love to see the numbers, but it, and you watch the, if you watch the show, it just looks like there's less fans every single year at these, like the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, because it's, it's boring to those. Like, there's still a good number of people, but like, it's it's just routine now. Like, so I, I you're feel saying like, Minnesota. I, I and I feel like Game Day really wants to go to new. They say they want to go to new places, and they they love the the energy. Like, look at look at UCF last year. The energy that was in that that show was unreal. It was the most energy of any show they had that year. But they're going to keep going to Alabama and the LSUs and whatnot because they're really good, which I I understand that. But if you're going for the best atmosphere, don't go to a school that you go to every single year. Well, here's what I'm going to say to that. So I don't care what you have to say. It's not changing my mind. No. Oh, well, okay. I I changed my own mind, sir. Oh, I just looked it up. The Minnesota-Penn State game is right now a noon start, but it is on ABC. Yeah, which pretty much just proves that they're not going to... They might push it back is what I'm trying to say. Which because I would be shocked if they do that. You make it the, you know, make it a nighttime game because the LSU-Alabama game is it's on CBS and it's a... 2.30. Or is it at night? It's a 3.30 Eastern. Or whatever Eastern time three thirty yeah I don't know so yeah so maybe it is the Minnesota Penn State game just here's, because it is there you know what I mean it's airing on their network yeah well and here's the thing Alabama and LSU LSU are gonna be ranked next year too so you can go back there next year like when's the next time that Penn State and Minnesota are gonna be undefeated in week ten. Minnesota hasn't been undefeated after eight games since 1941. Crazy. Or they can go to Iowa, Wisconsin. Those would be two ranked teams. Gross. All right, yeah. let's bring it Memphis back to SMU. our two ranked teams, all right? <laughs> let's bring it back to our two ranked teams. Uh, yeah. Memphis, a six-point favorite. That. What? Yeah. Shocked me a little bit. How? They're uh, home. They're that should give home. them a point. Maybe. This might be one of those, if you're into um, making the monies, you want to take a SMU money line, this is a good one. SMU could win this game outright and make you a nice little bit of cash. 
SU was undefeated. And yeah, they just all struggled. They didn't really even struggle to beat Houston. Like they they were up what were they up? Eleven. And then S or Houston scored to and went for two to make it a three point game. And Memphis legitimately almost just lost to Tulsa. Like legitimately. They were losing and granted Brady White came you know, led a comeback. But they needed a missed field goal. Six yep. points? That's outrageous. I'm stunned by it too, sir. I okay, so if we would have talked about this line earlier in the season, uh, let's say preseason, I would have had no arguments against it. But what oh, was, for sure. We, what we have seen from both of these teams this year, I'm not okay, so I don't think it should be six, obviously. But yeah, I'm more on the one in between one and three category more than a touchdown. I feel like it's going to get down really close to a pick because people are just going to mash SMU. I might have to do that as well. Wow. Six-point favorite. The I'm so glad I don't team. look at these numbers before I do this because I'm always like surprised by at least one game. Yeah, when I saw that one... I wasn't expecting SMU to be favored, like I said, but I was expecting it in between a one and a three, not a whole touchdown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, we shall see. I mean, we already talked about it. We expect some fireworks in this game. So it'll be good um, coverage for the conference, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because, it's, I mean, it's not often that we are on ABC. Nope. We don't get that luxury too often. So are Fowler and Herb Street doing the game? I would assume so, right? I would guess so. They usually do. Yeah. I mean, they did a good job with UCF Cincinnati. Granted, the game was kind of a dud, but... I'm trying to think. Uh, What else is that day that you also have to look at what's on their network? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that they would go to. Unless they're going to Auburn Old Miss, like yeah, yeah no, uh, yeah, that's they what I mean. Definitely... Like that's that's the only other ranked team that's on ESPN or ABC or any of those channels. So yeah, I'm assuming that's the case. Sweet man, good for this <laughs> conference, man. That's two years in a row. I would be curious: is there any Power Five conference that hasn't had game day? Two years in a row. It would, I would guess not, but uh, we would have to look uh, now because I feel like now has the Pac-12 had it? I'm gonna look that up quick. I want to know that because I'm know. you know Oklahoma is definitely hosted. I know they went been... to um, Wazoo last year. I think that Wazoo was their first time going up there. Year. But okay. as far as this year, I mean, see. I don't think they've been there. This year, South Dakota, Big Ten, SEC, SEC, Big Ten, SEC, Big Ten, geez, Big 12, SEC, ACC, doesn't count. So no for none, none for the Pac-12 this year. Oh, Technically, technically, the AAC had two last year if you can count the Army Navy game. No, we can't count that one. 
No, because that's every year. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. Uh, let's see here. Nope, nope. They did go to Washington State. They might not go to a Pac-12 game this year. I don't think they're going to. And they went to they went to FCS game this year. I mean, <laughs> AAC coming for you, Pac-12. Watch out. Personally, in my opinion, because I do watch some of those Pac-12 games since they're on late at night, and that's more of when I get to watch any TV. Um, I think the American is way better than the Pac-12 right now. Well, it's because Oregon's not Oregon anymore, and honestly, and USC is not USC, and that's that's literally when those two teams were good, which Oregon was good when USC was not, and then vice versa, like. Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, USC was must-see television. Oh, and Chip Kelly, best, Oregon was the same way. Seen. Yeah. And when Chip Kelly was at Oregon, it was the same way. You literally had to watch him because they could score 70 points against anybody. Yeah, and now no, it's, it's like... It's boring. It's just... Ugh. Yeah. It's just average football. Like maybe Chip is maybe slowly turning some things around over there at UCLA, but... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, exactly. And they'll always be the lesser of the two in Los Angeles. For now. So, P6, we talk about it all the time. It's legit. Yeah, we're coming. It needs to be... It needs to be an automatic qualifier, too. I think that's the next goal for the, the commissioner, is to get the American an automatic qualifier in the... Uh, New Year's Six, like they did when it was the Big East. Mm-hmm. Think that I do think that actually might be coming soon, because I do think that the conference is really starting to separate itself. Mm-hmm. At least at the top. Yes. Well, and also at the bottom, we're separating ourselves by being so bad. Well, no, not just that, but we're getting rid of the worst as well. I know. Well, Bill Connolly tweeted something that. Getting rid of UConn for the conferences and like S and P gives them like four extra points, which was just like insane. Yeah, not shocking, considering how bad UConn has been in conference. Seriously, it's been miserable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's week ten, which means how many weeks are in the regular season for college football? Is it 14? Thirteen, I think. Fourteen. I think it's I think fourteen. It's fourteen or. Is that the um, I'm not conference in, yeah. championship games? Let me look this up. There, there's a week 13, week 14. That's the that Army Navy. Yeah, week 15. Week. So yeah, it's 14 weeks. We should remember this from the video game, man. You get two bye weeks, duh. Um, so yeah, 14 weeks. We've only got five to go. Sad. Well, then we got conference championships to talk, then bowl games, I then know. sadness. Well, honestly, it's not. It's not. Yeah, that's that's true. It is sadness once the season over. But it's kind of nice though, because now we're starting to see who's a contender and things are heating up towards the top, and we can we finally know who's who. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's getting to be the good time of the year. A good time of the season. Yeah, we got a good game this week to uh, showcase the conference. Uh, hopefully they do that. 
like you said, the other one was kind of a little bit of a dud. It wasn't the high-scoring affair that we're used to seeing, especially from UCF, but SMU and Memphis should be able to put up some points. Mm-hmm. All right, on that note, let's wrap this one up. Please leave the Underdog Podcast reviews on however you're listening to us. Make sure you are also checking in with our guys that do the Conference USA podcast as well. They are doing a terrific job over there. And until next week, thanks for listening to our Joe Talk.